Well, welcome back. This is Angelique Francis, and this is Living in the Sweet Spot. I'm excited to be here, as always, where we discuss how the universe is conspiring to move you closer to your purpose. And I have the most amazing, incredible guest, and we've done some fantastic interviews with overcomers and athletes and activists and scientists and award-winning artists and educators, authors, and agents for change. And they all share these unimaginable, unexplainable, life-altering, life-saving, miraculous moments. And so today's no different. We're going to swing it into the entertainment zone, and we're going to enjoy doing that. Um, You know, we just want to make sure that we instill some hope and courage and gratitude in, in our listeners. And I think that we're consistently doing that, and I'm excited. So let me tell you about my next guest in the sweet spot. She is Brooklyn born, vivacious, victorious. She is Vanessa Estelle Williams. Yes, the actor, singer, writer, director. She's here with us today and I'm so excited because she is a talented force of nature. She is, she's got passion and purpose and staying power. Miss Williams created her role as Anna, recreated rather, her role as Anna Marie McCoy in the 2021 box office horror hit Candyman, which I was scared to see. Uh, It was written and produced by Jordan Peele, who's amazing. And uh, of course, that was open to uh, rave reviews. Vanessa is just a standout actress and always has been. You know her from uh, Showtime's The L Word, Generation Q in the second season. She did some interesting work there. And of course, on the American Horror Stories Ball as Dr. Eleanor Bergen. And she's currently starring in uh, the newest season of Fox TV's 911. Vanessa starred in many many other television and films. I can go on and on, but I'm going to let her tell it to us when she gets on. And I am just excited to have you. Um, I fell in love with you early on when you were nominated and won Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series in the Showtime hit Soul Food. You played Maxine Shadway. Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sweetheart. Thank you, my dear. It is so lovely and divine for us to be here in this time, in this moment. So it's definitely a sweet spot. We're living our sweet lives. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, you know, we just met in the last few months. And every time I see you, I'm excited to see you and knew that uh, you have so much to share, so much to say, because you're doing so much always. I see you everywhere for all these amazing... um, you know, I see, you know, you're a giver too, because every time I see you, you're at some great nonprofit and some fundraiser and you have something coming up that let's just put it out there. I don't want the, I don't want the listeners to miss it. What are you about to do? Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. On June 24th, we will be dancing for life. The second annual dance for life festival where, um, artists and activists for health equity, um, present our second annual festival dance for life festival and it's going to be at the nate holden theater we've got two amazing performances at two and seven o'clock um these are going to be dancers from all over this universe internationally recognized from ailey to complexions to uh, some local dance companies in lula washington we've got we've got latin jazz we've got mexican folk art we've got ballet and uh, classic ballet, modern dance, and just so so much of Ballet Red is one of the companies. So much amazing, um, like, 
art as dance. It really, really is. And it's so moving and engaging. It, it'll be the, 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 the last time you can see dance like this in Los Angeles. So get your tickets and come on Ooh, and get your life. For life. I can't wait. I can't wait. Having been a New Yorker for the last 30 years, of course, I see Ailey every year. Complexions. In fact, Complexions is here. I'm going to see them um, on Father's Day. So I am really excited about your show and what you're bringing. And you're right, folks, you got to come check this out. When you have a collection of brilliance on that stage, all in one place in a beautiful space like Nate Holden, uh, you know, Performing Arts Center. What a wonderful, wonderful um event and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And the proceeds go to, um, to benefit the Ahmad um, Institute, uh, St. John's community health and, and other health communities like that. That's really changing people's lives and saving, um, saving our community. Right. So it's for and I know it's also uh, for, also for the foundation of AIDS research. Right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. So this is, the, you know, I used to be on the board of the Black AIDS Institute. We did amazing work. So this is just an offshoot of that, a continuation of that kind of work in that space. And it is Pride Month after all. So get your pride, get your life, get it all and come and be blessed, you know, really, really blessed and moved. I, I love I love when a city like New York, like L.A., you know, where we really invest in the arts because of how it moves us to the center and to God, to that God space where we feel this kind of joy, this kind of joy that can only be expressed by movement. Uh-huh. I love it. I agree. I could not agree more. Well, okay. Okay. So we'll be there. At least I'll be there. I hope you all will uh, join yes. us. And oh, and the yeah, tickets are... Go. Tickets are for great cause, but they're also reasonable if you don't mind. I, I know they range between fifty, between fifty. They start at fifty and up, and so it's a great cause, a great day. But they go up to a thousand, and whatever you can do and give, I think will be greatly appreciated. So I'm excited. Deductible and all of that. So it's a it's a it's a great way to give and be entertained. To give and receive. Absolutely, I love that. That's even better. Well, okay, Brooklyn. Listen, I'm looking at you, and you were just as beautiful as always. Fountain of youth. I don't understand how you look the same over the last thirty years, but you know, kudos to you. And you know what? I'm going to talk all about Brooklyn and all that you're doing, and what who who you are on stage and behind when we come forward. How on K- that over? on KBLA Talk 1580 when we come forward. All right. If you're just joining us, this is Angelique Francis, and we are living in the sweet spot. And I have Vanessa Estelle Williams. Uh, You know her as an actor, singer, writer, and director. She is a talented force in this business. And she's from Brooklyn. What's happening, girl? How'd you get from Brooklyn to L.A.? (laughs) Listen, living. I just love the title of the show and the, and what you're putting out here. Living in the sweet spot. I mean, that is that is really that's our default, right? And um, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn at Best I Do or Die before it was uh, the hipster spot, <laughs> right? But it was always okay, and and it was always a place of nurturing and 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 wonderful like families and working class people who cared about their property and cared about like, so I grew up, you know, there was a library and um, church. And so I grew up in a very grounded, you know, environment, you know, um, and I, and I faced tragedy really early on. I grew up with my three brothers. I've had, I have other brothers um, from other mothers, but, um, but the brothers that I grew up with um, in, in the, in our Brooklyn home, a Brooklyn apartment, 
um, we were just encased in love. And especially when tragedy struck in our lives, when my mother died when I was 10 years old. So, yeah, so that was huge. And it really does alter your sense of stability, your sense of what life is and, you know, all of the things like only old people die. You know, mm-hmm. I knew one other person who was an old, an old person in my church. And so, um, but the blessing was that my mother's mother, my grandmother was there to step in and take care of us and wow. re and raise us with all the love. I mean, so the sacrifice of that, mm-hmm. you know, she had five, six children of her own. And then to, to be, you know, to lose two, she lost two children that year. So, mm-hmm. and then to, to raise her, her daughter's children. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one of my early heroes and forever will be my grandmother who poured into me so much love, who's also Taurus born the 13th. I'm born one day before. So there was a whole lot of, you know, when, when becoming a woman became a thing, it was like <laughs> a lot of, it was a lot of locking of horns. Right, a lot of stubbornness feet. going on a lot, a lot. But her, her kind of, her kind of cloistering and thing was about like keeping me safe in a crazy city like New York, you know, and, and I was this free spirit, full of hugs and light and ooh, everybody. I, I never met a stranger. I still don't meet strangers. It's like everyone's, you know, my friend. And so, I'm, you know, I default to joy. I default to like, oh no, everyone's, you know, but she had uh, honestly, because she lived longer and had these, you know, a lot, a lot more um, fear that she was moving through. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. You say you default to joy. I mean, that yeah. right there is such a winning solution for so yeah. much. I mean, our community on many levels, we've all, if you live long enough, you've, we will all experience some type of trauma, right? If you live long yeah. enough. And to lose your mom. I mean, trauma, right? Coming through that canal, even your for our entry into this world yeah. is, is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And so to lose your mom at 10, I don't, let me just ask you, Vanessa, because I didn't know that you lost your mom at such an early age. Um, what do you remember about your mom? Oh, my mother, Verdell Williams, Verdell Mungin Williams. She is this beautiful brown skin. She had like these deep waves, you know, from the Indian side of our family. <laughs> thick hair. Like I wish my hair was that thick. And um, she was a dancer. Oh, like wow. she and I. And the brother who died literally a month after she passed, a month before she died, um, he they were they were dancers. They had this tap dancing um, a group and they won all kinds of awards. And then, you know, as they grew, it's kind of like went by the wayside. But they were wonderful performers. I have so many like performers in my family, but I was the first to like really make it a professional career. So as we all have so many talented people in our in our families and whatever, but to be able to follow it through to making your living as it, at it, you know, it takes a whole lot of support. It takes a whole lot of gumption. And, and, um, and so my mother, she used to read to me, she used to read Curious George books to me. So <laughs> I, I love it. Words and reading. We would go to, this is making me so happy. We would go to the, the, to the public library in Brooklyn and read these books and read Curious George. And I always identified with George's curiosity and his mischievousness. <laughs> and um, I'm getting goosebumps. This is so nice. And so she was just a beautiful, beautiful lady. 
and we had like these intimate moments. You know, she was in an abusive. I heard you speak about coming through abuse. Um, she was she was in an abusive relationship with my dad. We went and I was very young and moved in with my grandmother, who eventually, you know, raised us. So we were already living with my grandmother, wow. having my grandmother having rescued my mother from the, the domestic abuse. She was um, mm-hmm. she was experiencing and I have no real, real memory of it. Um, except I wrote about, I wrote about a, a thing where my father disciplined me and he spanked me on my hand with a belt when I was like maybe five years old. And it's jarred in my memory, um, as seeing fear on my mother's face and mm-hmm. her not being able to really help me. So in some kind of unconscious way, I, I kind of knew that there was fear in that, in that place. That's my only memory of living with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and it, at that point it was just, yeah, it was me and my, and my older brother. And then my, 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 I have three brothers I grew up with my older brother. And then the one right under me, he was a little baby baby. And so mm-hmm. it's just like a weird sort of like memory of it. Um, but I love that you, um, and I, I'm happy that I asked you that question because here in the sweet spot, yeah. we, we understand that we're like the, uh, some of all of our parts. Right. And, and, and so many times in our, in our lives, we know people that don't choose joy, right. That choose sadly to sort of focus on what went wrong instead of how to make it right or how to live, you know, in spite of it. Right. How do you get on that other side? So I love that you have beautiful memories of you and your mom and Curious George and her curly hairline. And, you know, all those things are really important. And even as an actor, you know, when you when you do some of the uh, fantastic work that you do, um, you know, I'm sure since memory and emotional recall and all that stuff is part of what you do. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting in my work, um, in my training, my young training as a teenager at Performing Arts High School, you know, fame, I want to live forever, the the movie that that they made. um, One of the early acting exercises, I recreated the moment that I found out that my mom died and I was in tears. I, I recreated my bedroom. It was like a whole sense memory exercise, you know, and it was about like learning to, if you could use those painful memories from your past, you know, this was Stanislavski method right, acting course. training, right? <laughs> and so it was like, can you use these things? And and because I was able to use it and then come back and come back out of it, my, my acting teacher was like, yes, you can use this because you don't want to like use some kind of trigger that's going to take you like off, you know, you know, you can't come back from. So, you know, it's something you can use if you can gather yourself back up from it. And I remember like my classmates going, well, that's not fair. She had like, yeah. big problem. Oh. I was like, listen, y'all, no, it ain't fair. It ain't fair that I have this, you know? And then when you were talking about in terms of tools, like I don't want to in any way, like uh, insinuate that living in joy or choosing joy and choosing the sweet spot it doesn't take work and doesn't take like intention, full mm-hmm. intention and, and, and the work of like knowing what, what your isms are. And so that's therapy. I was in therapy over time for like, you know, like five years and two years, like whenever something huge came up, first time I went into therapy was when I was in college and I was studying psychology in school. I was always, you know, and working as an actor, you know, you're like, what makes a person tick? How can you, mm-hmm. you know, what's really motivating them to be, you know, a, a murderer or whatever the, the, um, the life that you're trying to recreate. And so what we learn in acting is using the self, using all those things that go into you. And, um, 
And so it was really important to get some some names and some like, oh, I'm not crazy. These circumstances I lived through were crazy. Absolutely. And oh, you know what I mean? Oh, and these are the tools that you can use, including your spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of times, you know, we, we, we default into whatever our parents' religion was without really questioning or going deeper. Like, is this, is this faith that I'm following, is it really serving me? Um, or, or am I riddled with a whole lot of guilt, you know, and devil and all this stuff like that. So I really, having grown up in the church, my grandmother was an c- accomplished pianist and, you know, all these talented people in my family, right? My, my auntie was an opera singer. I sang opera as a child, you know, um, you know, uh, so, so being able to like get the tools that you need to be able to move through and make the choice, of, of being committed to joy, you know, and, and, and we're works in progress. So the degree to which we can take, and what I love about like that, that the, in the community, like mental health is becoming like a real thing. Oh, There's absolutely. All so often I, I have integrated mental health conversations with my community because it has been such a alien, <laughs> you know, for a family member in, uh, in this, uh, this life we live and really have even had people come on so that we can distinguish between, because I'm a certified coach, the difference between coaching and therapy and how both have their place, but one is not a substitution for the other. That at all, at all, because your coach can only go so far. And then you, your, your therapist can go even deeper and even different modalities of therapy. Mm-hmm. Because in that book, like the body, remember the body keeps the score. I yes. think is the name of Something it. Something like that. I remember people, that. Mm-hmm. Physical trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. domestic abuse, you know, abuse, you know, parenting abuse, like all kinds of things. Those things are in your body. So I also believe in the most modalities of, of, of getting body work. Because these things are like locked into muscle fiber and and into um, and into sense memory when you get touched a certain way or, you know, any kind of way. So that when you can find someone who's also dealing with the physical uh, ramifications of our history that's in, in our body, you know, I say I say go for that, too. You know, a great massage, but also like a, a, I have I just met a, a young lady who's incorporating her counseling with massage and body work. Mm, I think that's, I think that's super right. important. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've said on the show before that I'm trained in drama therapy for a reason, because I believe um, that the same, what you just explained, that, that Stanislavski that we learned back in the day when we were all in training, that was a form of therapy. And um, certainly being able to use the two has been amazing. And, you know, in addition to that, we talk about um, our community. And like I, I say to you, I said, you're so beautiful. Every time I see you, your face is perfect. You got the perfect perfect smile. Yeah. Yeah. You just look like, you know, walking perfection. But what I appreciate about you even right now is that you're willing to uh, look behind the veil so that people understand that even though you choose joy, that you too have gone through some things and it is hard work, but it is possible to choose joy every day. And even if you fail on that day, it's okay. You go to sleep and wake up and try it again, right? You just do it again and again and again, you know? For sure. You know, and like, because we, and and certainly the young people coming up now, they're coming through, 
these curated spaces where people are only putting their best face forward and that's all they see. And people are thinking that that's real life. It's like, no, they're curating it carefully that you're only seeing their perfect days, their perfect facades and stuff like that. And while I think absolutely that's important, I want to look fly. I want to, you know, give, give off, you know, the kind of thing that I'm aspiring to, or that, you know, I want, I want to, sh- how I want the world to see me that in no way and in, in no way should we believe that, behind those curated faces and those perfect looking images are people having the full human experience and it ain't what it looked like. So that is important that we tell each other, like how to, what are the tools to, to getting not just a face forward looking of joy, but like real deep, meaningful joy so that the light is coming from within that's shining on the outside. Absolutely. And I've heard you talking about your healthy lifestyle. I mean, I'm not suggesting that everyone has to be a vegetarian, but what I do know is that we are mind, body, and soul, right? And so as you, you know, cultivate your mind, you have to also love on your body and make sure that you're doing the things that create a healthy healthy environment so that for sure i've been a a vegan actually so no dairy um regular dairy uh occasionally like thanksgiving you know i got to have some real macaroni and cheese but especially (laughs) this see i was vegan before it was plant-based i'm an og vegan so like when your only meat substitute was tofu and so um you know so so making those healthy choices was really really important but there's so many ways to look for it now and so follow that Right, right. No, absolutely. Oh, boy, I have so much I want to talk to you. Thank you for being in the sweet spot with me. When we come forward, we got a lot to talk. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm sad for you because we've had a great (laughs) conversation with Vanessa Estelle Williams, actor, singer, writer, director, talent, just powerhouse. And um, I'm excited about this conversation we're having. Talk a little bit about what's behind the veil. And that even though we go through some things, we could figure out how to find joy, how to um, understand that we are the sum of our parts, but it strengthens us. It doesn't have to weaken you. You can, it, you know, I think trauma in itself is difficult on every level. But there's also what's amazing when I look at, you know, black people and what we've been through, all the trauma that we encountered. We are a bigger, better people than the people who have perpetrated so many ills against us. We just are. We are greater. We are survivors. We are elevators. We are proclamators. We are, you know, we can go on and on. And I'm just... I am just acknowledging that. I love, you know, coming back to L.A. It's been kind of funny, Vanessa. I've been here, coming back, came back about a year ago and been going back and forth to New York, but mostly L.A. And, you know, this whole revolution of everybody calling me queen, I I ain't mad at it. (laughs) You know, I'm kind of feeling it. What about you? It's how we affirm each other. And and I was thinking about what you, as you were speaking about our resiliency as a people, I think about um, Maya Angelou's poem, And Still I Rise. Oh, of course, yes. And I, and I also want to give, like, due respect um, to the process that we definitely have pain and suffering. And, well, suffering is optional, but we definitely have pain. So I feel like we definitely need the time and the permission to be down, right? Mm-hmm. To to have that blow hit us, to cry, to weep, to mourn, 
Um, I think the Jewish community have like amazing process for mourning, whether they're sitting shiva, whether they're discussing in detail that person who's left their life, where they've written it down. There's something different about, you know, not just going off the cuff, but sitting with some paper and really talking about those those times. I mean, just as, as you had me go through just now talking about my mother, it's a powerful thing for the people who are at the service and just getting to know and a way to honor that person's memory. We speak their name, we speak their stories. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like what we've just been through as a community, this the COVID lockdown, we've got so much mourning to do in that space. And so this thing to bounce right back, I'm not suggesting that we gloss over or that we just bounce back that. And I know that's not what you're suggesting either, mm-hmm. but that we lean in the direction of everything's going to be all right. Absolutely. You got to lean in that direction. We shall pass. We're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm down now and I'm fully feeling all these towers in this bed because this man broke my heart and I can't move right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you have this source of friends and keepers and the word and the things that really fortify you to get to, to so that you know that this too shall pass and, and trouble don't last always. Like all the spiritual songs. They know that they came all, from something, girl. They didn't just come out the sky, right? They came from some real work and heartbreak and some real, you know, need to uh, survive. You, you know, you uh, mentioned that uh, you two had gone through a divorce and yeah. I am actually in the midst of going through all of that. And so it has been a real journey. But what I will say, wow. we talk about health and and body and being in a place where you can your body can heal itself, right? What I realized is um, I actually came down with Lyme disease and I was literally um, on crutches and wheelchairs and could not walk from my bedroom to my bathroom. And I realized in the midst of that, God bless uh, my family, but I realized in the midst of that, some of that dis-ease in a dysfunctional marriage added to my inability to heal my body. And so um, I had to choose help. You know, Louise Hay has a whole thing about you know, you can look up your disease and see what the emotional kind of trigger for that could be, as well as the affirmation to get you through it. Well, I'm going to have to check out Louise, but I discovered it as, you know, as a default myself, because I was like, I know who I am spiritually. I know who I am as a black woman, a creative and all the things that I do, a lover of my community and activist. How is this? I cannot let this beat me. And then I realized what I needed to do for me. And so I encourage my listeners to make sure that we are in healthy relationships with ourselves first and with others, because it really will affect you, mind, body, and soul. And I know people listening really want to talk about your career a little bit. So I got, you know, girl, we, we, we all up in this and I love it. But let me ask you a question. Um, what still drives you as an entertainer? Because that, you've done so much, you've done so many parts. What is your driving force today? Well, there's a wonderful satisfaction of having accomplished um, some things. Um, But because I was born with this deep desire, love, and curse, right, (laughs) of... Uh, of, of wanting to perform and and make um, connection. It really is about this drive to make connection and to tell stories of our humanity. You know, when we talk about 
um, all that we've been through as a culture and as women and a black woman, all these spaces. There are so many stories because as humans, we're storytellers. That's how we communicate. So to be able to be in a position to tell us, there's so many more stories I need to tell. I need to be a part of that telling. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that for the for the end of my days, like, you know, I plan to be making movies and telling stories into my quite, quite, quite old age, you know, so the driving force is just something that's in that I was born with, you know, that that brings me such joy. I mean, it is such a joy to be doing the thing that you love. At the end of the day, all work is work. OK, 17 hours on a set is, is going to be work. But it's it's rarefied, wonderful air to be doing something that you really, really love. And so that that is my work and that is how I can make my livelihood and send my kids to college and you know all those things. That is a beautiful blessing. And it's the thing that also keeps me joyous. So, you know, I'm not flippant with that, oh, just, you know, do this and this and that. You know, there's lots of things aligning that to, to make that makes my life so sweet in this sweet spot. But I'm also very much looking for them, looking for every single silver lining, expecting everything's going to work out. If I'm running late, if these people didn't call and say that, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, oh, they do have the money to fly you out. No, they do. You know, like it all works out together. Uh, you know, so that is my guiding principle. And if for some reason I get there and the auditorium is full and there's not enough seats there, then whatever we pivot to, whatever like is the next thing that me and this group of people who were too late for the guest list for this, whatever, is going to be flying fun and whatever, because that's the spirit I'm bringing to. But ultimately, there's more than enough to go around. There's enough chairs or there's standing room in the back. There's a way to make it work. Um, I'm enjoying that. OK, so I have a question and I, you might have been asked this many times. I don't really care what I want to know. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the why I'm asking you this question. But what role, if you could choose any role for yourself, what role? Yeah, you know, like I remember uh, when I was in acting school or whatever, I was still a pre-med major. And I was like, I got some job and I got paid so much money for the acting job. I was like, I think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to go to med school. I think I'm going to be a TV doctor. <laughs> That's going to satisfy me. So what role? Not me as a lawyer. <laughs> okay, so you, as long as I could be a lawyer in a film, I'll be good. So what role have you yet to play that if, if someone said, just tell me the role and I'm going to create it for you, what would it be? Oh my goodness. You know, I should be ready with the answer. I, I think about, I think about some stories of people who, who I want to see their story. Like I think of people like Lola Falana. I think of people like, uh, like Pearl Bailey. So, I mean, I, I just want something that's fully rich and wonderful and maybe glamorous, you know, too, but, but just, I don't know, just something that really showcases many of my talents um, for singing, for dancing, you know, all, all those things. So, I mean, it, I, I'm creating it as we speak, but I don't have it like right off the cuff, like well, what that would be. I'm dying to play Cleopatra or something like that. I, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. I got the notes. <laughs> you know, going with the flow to see, you know, how it comes, but you got to be intentional. So yes, that's a good, that's a very good question. Okay. Okay. Well, when we come forward, we got a couple other things and we're going to play a game with you uh, in uh, coming up shortly. I can't wait all of this in the sweet. All right. Well, Vanessa, I am excited about the game we're going to play. It's called, uh, well, I don't have a name for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> sweet spot game. <laughs> but what is a word association, right? I want to give you one word and you're going to give me one word in return. It's really so that some of your <laughs> listeners and fans and people trying to get to know you will get another sense of who you are because we're running out of time. I could do a whole nother hour with you easily. Okay, so I'm going to give you one word, only one word answers, okay? And it's um, hard for me. I, okay. I know it's hard for every actor that comes on this <laughs> on this show. That's why I'm saying one word, one word. All right. No explanations, just one word. And um, here we go. There's no right or wrong, obviously. Success. Joy. Wealth. Abundance. Old. Ageless. Responsibility. Accountability. Faith. God. Love. Joy. Christmas. (laughs) Purpose. Mm, Divine. Failure. Mistake. Freedom. Expansive. Intimacy. Joy. Romance. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Power. (laughs) Self. Purpose. Power. Sweet spot. Right here. <laughs> That's two words. Right here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, how did that feel? What'd you say? How did that feel for you? That was really interesting because, you know, sometimes like, you like, do you have to be, I'm thinking like, as I'm doing it, I was like, oh, do I have to be literal? Do I, the first thing that comes up, you know, so, and especially trying to distill it down to one word. So it was, it was a nice exercise. You know, I surprised myself at some of the things that I said and my default answer. Yeah, (laughs) that's fun. I love love it when you get surprised with, you know, even what. Yeah. I think, I think like you do, do it 10 times a day, you'll get some different answers. No, too. you will. You will. And, and I, I asked you purpose twice for a reason. I was just curious. Yeah. So, so. It's a, good, it's a good tool. It's a wonderful tool. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, your mom of two, how old are your children? My two sons. And I call that two S-U-N-S, sons. So Omar Wiseman and Haile Wiseman, they're both amazing artists. They both have visual artists and musicians. Um, Omar Omar Wiseman is wiseman underscore on Instagram. And of course, it's Haile, H-A-I-L-E after. They're both named after um, Haile Selassie. Oh, wow. Uh, So Omar Omar's to, his middle name is Tafari, and then Haile is Haile after Haile Selassie. So um, it's just they've been they they for my birthday, Angelique. They they gifted me with a song that they performed at my birthday party at this big blowout birthday party, and it was the best gift ever, you know. And to know that I have like t- birth these babies' lives and have them come through, l- having learned the lessons 
that I that I wanted to get out of the way for them to express has been the greatest joy of my life. And that is success. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. What a great mom. You are definitely have to be the cool mom in the room. So uh, (laughs) we hang out. We hang out. We have fun for sure. Very nice. Uh, Kamal, my engineer here, told me he could tell I was a cool mom. I said, I I am a top 10 cool mom, but I think you're in the top 10 too. Absolutely. Okay. More with Vanessa Estelle Williams when we come forward. Well, you know, I'm with uh, Vanessa Estelle Williams, actor, uh, singer, writer, director, and we've had a great time, haven't we, Vanessa? (laughs) It took us a minute to get you here, but we've had a great time now that you got here. So, my love, when will you know that you, too, are living in the sweet spot? Well, we're born in the sweet spot, mama. That's our default (laughs) setting. So what I have to recognize is when I fall out of the sweet spot and have to hurry about and get myself back in it. I think Abraham Abraham Hicks calls it um, in alignment um, and other 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 modalities or other teachings. It's just about walking in alignment with your purpose and walking in joy. So I feel again, I say, oh, and uh, Mo Gadot. I think is how you say his name. He wrote a book called Solve for Happy. And if we look at babies, he says that is our natural setting. That is our default setting. So it's the lifing, it's the adulting that gets us pulled out of, you know, from some very real circumstances. So we just have to remember to move back into the sweet spot. All right. And well, Angelique, I think it's like, can if you say it like five times fast in a mirror? No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. Let me test it out first. Nobody do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. But for sure, for sure, you come back anytime. I uh, thank you for coming and being with me today. I appreciate you. You guys uh, always uh, follow and check out Miss Vanessa Estelle Williams. This episode has been brought to you by Beloved Entertainment, my impact media company. You've been listening to KBLA Talk 1580 from the heart of Los Angeles, where we are unapologetically black and progressive. And if you haven't already, of course, download the app and then follow me. Oh, you know what? You can hear some older um, episodes if you missed a bunch. I have uh, Living in the Sweet Spot on Spotify. Living in the Sweet Spot with Angelique on Spotify. All right, coming up next, you know who's coming up next. It's my favorite trio, the Lyric Lounge, uh, Tasha Teal and Ural. Stay tuned because they got a lot to talk about. All of this right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Across roads and narrow